Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm here with my dad. This is a a Apple event roundup. How you doing? Doing good, Todd. Sorry, I said here with my dad. I should actually give them your name, Jack, so that they know who you are. Because if they're brand new to the podcast, they may not know our names. So it's Todd and Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, my dad. So, um, without well, further ado. We all, we all shared the viewing the big tech event. Uh, what yeah. day was it? Monday? It, uh, Tuesday. They always do it on Tuesday. Tuesdays. Tuesday. Apple yeah. is a Tuesday kind of okay. company. So, it was on uh, Tuesday the 14th. And um, and so, we, we uh, normally record our Generation Tech on Mondays. This week, we decided to wait until after the event so we could talk about what they announced as opposed to what we think they're going to announce. And uh, so they started off the event with just, you know, they always they always do a little uh, attaboy on how they're doing as a company, you know, as if the company that's worth $2 trillion is panicked about anything. Um, and then the first product they talked about was the iPad. And this is just the basic iPad, the $329 iPad. Uh, you know, spoiler, it's still $329. They didn't change the price. But uh, they did some upgrades. It's now an A13 processor. It previously was, I think, an A11, so it jumped up a couple generations. It is still a couple generations behind the most recent one, which was announced later in the in the show, which is a, an A15. Um, a couple things that I thought were interesting is they put a 12 megapixel uh, wide, ultra wide camera on the front, so that now the most basic iPad has the center stage capability. And for those not familiar with that, that's the ability to um, track you as you move around. So if you set the the thing down and you're doing a FaceTime FaceTime, uh, conversation with somebody and you step out of frame, it will just kind of move the frame with you within the limits of the wide angle lens. But I think that's pretty cool. It's something that Facebook advertised on their home portals for a while. uh, And Apple is now including it. Uh, Of course, Apple calls their center stage. So it's, you know. Yeah, and, and I would have to point out that this is called an entry-level iPad by most people, but I'd right. say it's probably their biggest seller. Most oh, easily. The, pr- the price easily. of what you get for your money. Yeah, in fact, they sell it to schools for $30 less. It's two ninety nine right. if you buy it from an education institution. So, yeah, um, so. It's, it's, it's clearly the one that they sell far and away the most of. Um and uh, and they've added a few things to it, like they now have uh, true tone color adjustment, which means that it uses the cameras to look at the light that's in the room and it adjusts the color on the screen so that it gives you a more true representation of what those colors are in the room. And that was something that used to be only on the more expensive iPads. Um, and they've bumped up the minimum number or the minimum amount of storage from 32 gigabytes to 64, which... You know, you can never have uh, too well. I guess you can't have too much, but but thirty two was clearly has not been enough for quite a while. <laughs> that was, you know, right. in fact, there were a lot of people who said that with the thirty two gigabyte ones that if you wanted to upgrade the software every time Apple pushed out an update, you actually had yeah. to delete things off your machine to make enough space on it to then be able to do the upgrade and then reload stuff back on, and you know that's quite a pain. Um, so but anyway, the uh, the other significant thing i think is expanding the uh, potential users by having an apple pencil on there uh especially in the education world right uh, they did that on the last generation though uh well this 
I thought that the, the, the Apple this one includes it, but that the last generation supported the Apple Pencil, the previous version of the iPad. But it's the Apple Pencil version one, which means that it's got to plug into a Lightning port, which right. is the one thing that I thought was interesting in that all of their other iPad devices, iPad, not iPhone, but iPads, have now gone to USB-C connectors, except for this initial iPad. It's the only one that's still lightning. Yeah. Well, uh, it says... Uh, and it has the same body shape and design that it's had for multiple years now, ever since the um, yeah. iPad Airs first... Or the, yeah, it was the Airs first came out, so it's it's got the rounded, curved edges and stuff, um, which they've changed on now the Mini. Uh, the Mini used to be like a mini version of the original iPad, but it cost more, even though it was smaller. Now the Mini is essentially a an iPad Air, uh, and it costs even a little bit more. But it's got the flat edges like the Pro and the Air. Yeah. And um, and it went to a USB C. And, and they say all day battery life. I don't quite remember what the previous one was, but that that yeah. ties in so that maybe the fast charging, which is the main thing you get with the uh, with the USB C. Uh-huh. Uh huh connector well that it says says usb-c adapter so on the original one it has a usb-c adapter it's lightning on one end and usb-c on the other so it plugs into a usb-c charging block but it's not a usb-c connection on the device well that usually gives you a faster charge though i don't know if it will through the lightning or not um, a lightning does support faster charging, and and in fact there are USB-C lightning uh, adapters available for iPhones. In fact, that's what ships with. Well, I don't even know if it ships with the iPhones anymore. They've taken so much out of the box with the iPhone, you know, to save the planet yeah. um, and line their pockets because uh, they certainly didn't discount the device any for for now not including the uh, power bricks in them. But uh, yeah. but the, yeah, the USB-C. Um, yeah, it's so it's still lightning on the iPad, but the mini, the new mini that they announced, has the flat edge design, what they call their liquid retina display, which is supposed to be a, um, uh, a little bit higher quality display. They include the true tone, but they also include the wide color gamut. So that also means that they're going to have a broader spectrum of colors. Uh, it's still touch ID, but the button is now the power button on top, like the iPad Air. So it doesn't have the button on the front of the device anymore. It's funny, though. I, you know, they, they referred to the iPad Mini as an amazing edge-to-edge design on the screen. And then they show you the screen, and clearly there's like a quarter-inch black border all the way around. That is not edge-to-edge. It's less than it was before, but it's not edge-to-edge. That's a marketing thing. That's like the fine folks at Tesla calling it full auto-driving when it's clearly not. <laughs> when it clearly says yeah. you must have your hands on the wheel and be in in in, in control of the vehicle, it's it's not full yeah, auto driving. The, the the other thing that uh, is clearly uh, a signal that allows them to sell these once they get a lot of people bought these out, then they then they can drop that A13 processor and go to the higher speed. But uh, I think they left mm-hmm. it back throttled back a bit. Uh, it's more powerful than it was before always make that transition oh sure but yeah it, it, it didn't take them up to the, the state state-of-the-art technology by right any. later in the show they introduced the a15 chip and this one's an a13 and the current uh ipad air is an a14 oh. so they, they 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 you know they fit it in in the in the lineup at the bottom because it is their cheapest one 
Um, well, so they so they could say that it's faster than the best-selling Chromebook, and they they do acknowledge best-selling, uh-huh. and it's fi- and five times faster than an Android tablet. Yeah, so, yeah. There's uh, no doubt it's not a slow device by any stretch. Yeah. You know, in fact, the the A13 is going to be faster than the vast majority of devices out there. It's essentially an iPhone 11 processor in it, and uh, you know, and so that's that's you know not not slow. It's a fast. It's a fast computer. Um, it will do that. Device will suffice for ninety nine percent of what people want to do on that kind of device. You know, if you want one, if you, you know, what pushes you to the other devices are: I need a larger screen. Um, I'm trying to do something, you know, more professional type of work with it. Um, you know, there are some there are some things that are 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 included in there. Um, you know, and and it's funny because they've clearly, like I said, sort of set the iPad Mini to be up be a mini version of the iPad Air, which slots in between the Pro line and the orig- and the basic iPad. And so, you know, what you get basically when you go from the basic iPad up to the Mini or the Air is the the flat edge design, so you get a little bit bigger screen for the size of the case. Um, your Touch ID moves to a button on top. Um, uh, now the mini, the new mini that they announced also has the the uh, 12 megapixel um, back camera and the the 12 megapixel front camera with with center stage because uh, you can't have the more expensive device not having the same features or more features than the less expensive device. I was surprised yeah. they did put a 5G modem in it, so um, uh, but I guess it makes sense in that you know why source multiple different um, modems, right? You just use the same one that's in the current line of of uh, phones Uh, I thought was real interesting though is they talked about the iPad mini and they went through all the features that it had uh, and told you how much it cost never mentioned which processor it was using it wasn't till later in the day that they then introduced the iPad or the A15 bionic chip and the A15 bionic is what's in the iPad mini and you can find that on the web page after the fact but they talked about yeah. the iPad, the iPad Mini, the Watch, Apple Fitness Plus, and then iPhone 13, and then the i15 Bionic. Never told you that that was what was in the Mini as well. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, I, I'm not sure why they, they couldn't just say, you know, hey, this has the new a15 Bionic. We'll tell you more about that later in the show. But they didn't. They just did <laughs> They talked about it being, you know, a percentage faster than its predecessor, which, yeah they all should be faster than their predecessor, you know, or when they say they're a percentage faster than, you know, the leading competition, meaning the non-Apple product. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, fine. Yeah, the, the, the other thing the mini, uh, includes is the, uh, stereo speakers. Uh, right. They didn't say anything about improving the sound on the previous, uh, iPad. No, they didn't. And that, and so that sounds okay. You know, all of these things have pretty tiny, tinny speakers. They're not great. But they've gotten pretty good at creating some separation with the speakers. Um, the Mini was interesting in that it said, if you noticed, it said landscape stereo, meaning it's got a speaker on the top and the bottom. But when you turn it landscape, then you've got a right and left channel. Yeah. yeah. So so when it's vertical, it's not. And that's something that the pros do. They've got four speakers in the in the pro iPads. So you get stereo no matter what way you're holding right. the device. Um right. And you really can. I mean, when you're sitting in front of it, holding in your hands and holding in your lap, you can hear a stereo soundscape that's created. Um, yeah. So it, it is. But, it's pretty amazing the, the the quality that they're able to generate out of pretty tiny but, speakers. But, 
but the really significant thing today is that uh, that goes with the speaker system goes with uh, center stage in the sense that when you get good stereo with it, it makes center stage come alive more. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you track people, you can hear also where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. If you're listening or, or if you're on the, the receiving end of somebody who's doing a center stage broadcast from their house or a FaceTime conversation, they move right. The sound moves right. They move left. The sound moves left. That's pretty cool. Really is. So, I'm still I, surprised I, that they don't put a camera on the side. In other words, the camera's yeah. always at the top when you hold the page, you know, like right. page format. But when you turn it landscape format, now the camera's on the left or the right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But And that's the way people will want to use it when they watch video. You they would can. think. So. You would think. I mean, you know, when you watch movies, you usually turn it so you can get the bigger picture, right? Most movies are, yeah. are you know, the, 16... The, the, the other thing that's missing over here is you'll notice on the, I'm still back at the entry level iPad. They uh -huh. talk about just a eight, eight megapixel camera, it's right? A single camera. It's not the wide angle lens or anything. So that you know you, right. even though they have the software for center stage, I suspect it's going to be wanting a little bit. Well, it was the that's the rear facing camera. the The front facing camera they said it was a twelve megapixel camera front facing with center straight stage. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It is ultra wide. Yeah. Okay. So, they, but yeah, but all it's doing is pan and scan on a twelve megapixel. So the image you're seeing is not a twelve megapixel image. That's that's right. You yeah. know, you're seeing a portion of what the sensor sees, and then it moves back and forth to keep you so, in stage, which is cool. So, so but, these things working with a more capable pad will really be enhanced. But otherwise, if you're going back and forth just between uh, entry level iPads, you probably won't really notice the center stage at all. Because if it's not broadcast, hey, you know. What? Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what uh, you're saying. Well, I'm, I'm saying it can be broadcast, but you, if you don't uh, see it, uh, uh, if you, well, I guess you would see each other from the screens. You're right. Yeah, um, my, my, my sense is is that the, the front-facing 12-megapixel camera that does center stage is the same yeah. camera. It's the same yeah. camera that's in all the devices. They have, you know, they set it up, they did one, and that's how it works. And so they just installed it on this device. Um, right. Now, why why they didn't, you know, I mean, I guess they could have, you know, parts costs could have saved them some money. I'm surprised they didn't go ahead and put a 12 megapixel camera on the back as well. But maybe it was just a we've got to be able to differentiate between the bottom of the line and the top of the line. You know, I mean, that's why yeah. it has the the less powerful processor and, um, you know. A variety yeah, of things along those lines. They did say that all of their iPads are now built with 100% recycled aluminum. Yeah, I heard that. They emphasize that. Yeah. Not that that matters to the customer, but some people, I guess. Well, some people it that. does. You know, I mean, there are people who um, who care about that stuff uh, a lot. I, I was looking at some uh, comments on a, on a product the other day. And it came with like a, a neck chain or a wristband, and the wristband was a leather wristband. And one of the comments underneath was, "Is there an option for people who who are uh, are they they said vegan? And even though they're not eating it, I guess they 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 could have a vegan lifestyle. They wanted a a a fake leather or or a non leather option on the wristband because they didn't want to buy something that promoted the killing of animals." And and the response from the people who who read it said, "Nope, it just comes in the box. You don't have to use it if you don't want." So, uh, 
but that means it still exists and an animal was killed to create it. So, yeah, we sent a piece of a dead animal to you. <laughs> yes, yes, whether you want it or not. You yeah. paid for it already. <laughs> yeah. So. So, moving on from the iPads, because uh, we kind of talked through, I mean, unless you wanted to add something about the Mini, I kind of talked about it in terms of differences with the other one. Oh, I didn't talk about the pencil. The Mini now supports the uh, second-gen pencil. Because it's got the flat sides, it can now stick to the second-gen pencil. And the Mini's actually almost as tall as the pencil, or, or a little bit, just slightly taller than the pencil, rather, um, in size. Um, but that also means that then the uh, the volume buttons were moved to the top on the opposite side of where the power button is because they used to be on the side but if you're sticking a pencil on there then you can't have them there so they had to move it because the Uh, because the gen 2 pencils click on by a magnet so but other than that i think we covered everything that the the mini has it starts at 499 uh it comes with either um uh I think 256 was the max memory, and I want to say 64 was the minimum, and it starts at 499. If you want it with 256 and cellular connectivity, uh, I think it maxes out at 799. And you can get it next week. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a mini series three, so it's pretty old, and I don't really use it much. But but um, I used to actually like that as a as a travel along iPad. I would put it in my case when I would go to swim practice and stuff and it had a cellular modem in it, you know, and so I paid for a minimal account on that so that I could, you know, have connectivity wherever I was at a pool if I needed to check something online rather than just use my phone. And the mini was very handy. Yeah, well, being uh, a person that needs uh, more space and bigger letters and all of that, Mm -hmm. uh, I had never ever really thought much about the Mini, but while they were demoing it, they you showed uh, several applications for it. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy had holding this thing while he's under the hood of a car. I forgot what it was doing now, but anyway, uh, he's maybe got a manual mm-hmm. or something on there that he's reading. Yeah, the benefit, yeah. main benefits, you can hold it in your hand easily, one-handed, right. doing something else. Yeah, And uh, there were a couple other applications like that, and I said, oh, now I see yeah, it's Some got value. plenty of interesting uses. Yeah. Uh, and that's the yeah. important thing about that product. Is that yeah, they were showing some things. AR stuff with it where you could hold it and and the camera would show you what you're pointing it at and then overlay that with some information for you, which can be very handy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I have thought about the product that now at least enough to know that it's useful to a number of uh, groups of people, you know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you think about it in terms of yourself, you know, why, why would I right. want this thing? <laughs> right. Well, and they pointed it out, and I've since heard other people say the same thing, that if you are a pilot or a private pilot or even a, a professional pilot, that the Mini is what they really, really like because it's it's pocketable on, you know, if you have the right clothing. And uh, a lot of, like, flight checklist software is available on the on yeah. the iPad. And that size seems to work better in a space-limited cockpit. You know, if you sure. want to go through a checklist and, 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 and do a flight log electronically, um, although I don't know if they're allowed to do their flight log, but you can certainly do your pre-flight checklist off of the Mini. Uh, the, and but, so that's a, a good the, size. But the other thing that really affects uh, use of mobile devices like this now 
uh, in a significant way as if you have 5G in the area where you're using it. So mm -hmm. basically it's like working at home with your uh, uh, Wi-Fi that you're used to uh, and maybe even faster. Well, Some for a lot of people, LTE is faster than their Wi-Fi at home. So um, I'm still not big big supporter of, I mean, 5G is coming, it's going to be a thing, but I, I, I don't see in my personal life a lot of need for it. I don't think, I mean, I can already stream movies via LTE wherever I want. Um, I have plenty well, of bandwidth, and so I don't, you know, it's like, yeah. great, if it's here, fine, I'll, you know, slide into it when it gets there, but it's, um, I'm not going to go out and buy a device to get 5G because I feel like there's something I'm missing because I just don't see it, personally. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, that's an additional cost, monthly recurring cost. So Depends on your provider. Depends on your provider. Uh, oh. It's included with T-Mobile. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's just part of their package now. You but, get whatever radio you know, when, signal when, you can when get. When you think about it, in combination with 4K uh, display yeah. and recording capability, uh, you know, you, you need speed. Yep. Yep. You're moving big and, files around. That's and, it's important. And, and I haven't checked lately, but with all the devices that are out there, I suspect all of the phone companies are really pushing it, too. That, oh, they are. And and as, as they are still probably building and will be for how many years more, but... Sure. You know, it's one of those things where uh, you got to have the uh, mass of people demanding it, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing, too, is is that 5G, because, and we've talked about this before, 5G really represents three different technologies that all work sort of differently but together, and they're hidden from the consumer. But when they're marketing it, they'll say, they, they'll talk about one version of 5G that is super, super fast. What they don't tell you is it doesn't go through walls and it only goes a short, short distance. And so it's great if you're really close to the device. But if you're traveling on down the road somewhere, you're not using that version of 5G. You're using the other version that, that is much, much closer to LTE and only marginally faster. And, and, and then there's a, yet a third one that is, uh, has a really long throw on it, which is great for those places, for people who live out in the boonies who want to be able to to have some connectivity where they haven't had in the past. So, you know, it's 5G is a, a, an amalgamation of multiple technologies being put together, multiple different frequencies being used, um, and your phone is supposed to switch seamlessly between them, but they don't all have the same uh, characteristics or speed. And so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, there's value to it. I'm not saying there isn't any value to it, but I'm just saying it's, I think it's being marketed dishonestly in a lot of cases. And I don't like the way they do that, you know. Yeah, the, the page I'm looking at says it's 200% uh, uh, faster. Uh, so I, without saying the device that it uses, did, did you did you already say that? Which, where are we talking? I don't what? understand what we're well, talking about. I, 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 I thought we were still on the mini. Okay, well, I just didn't know what you're saying. So 200% faster. Again, the the 5G speed is capable of being 200% faster. That doesn't guarantee that that's what you will ever get close to unless you happen to be standing underneath a tower that supports that particular version of 5G. Now, uh, Verizon just announced that 24, 27 of the NFL stadiums in the United States are going to be um, uh, provided with the high-speed 5G and one thing that it'll do is not only give you high speed, but it also has uh, enough bandwidth to allow the 60,000 people all crammed into a tiny space to have connectivity. And so, uh, you know, that's been a problem for people. If you go to some place, like you go to a, a, uh, a concert venue or a, yeah. uh, or a um, large um, 
a symposium or something like that, that there's not enough connectivity. So you can't even get, you can't connect to the tower because there's 120 people trying to connect to a tower that supports 50 people. And so that's, that's the other thing that 5G will allow them to do is, is provide better connectivity for more people in localized spaces. Now, I, I, wanted, I wanted to correct. This is faster CPU and GPU and machine learning speeds. Right. So I, Faster than what? For the pro- with the processor, its predecessor. Okay, its predecessor. Its predecessor. So I, I don't, I don't, it does, doesn't say in the article here what processor that means, but we, you know, for the uh, standard device back here, I'm sure it's more than the uh, A13, wasn't it? Um, I'm looking right now to see what the um, what was in the fifth generation iPad uh, Mini. All right. So, but by, by the way, the forty is forty, eighty, and two hundred percent. Now that applies to CPU, GPU, and machine learning. Right. So there's a different different percent for each. In comparing, so there's three speeds actually. That its predecessor was a fifth generation iPad Mini. It was released in 2019 and has an A12 Bionic in it. So they're going from the A12 to the A15. Okay, so you think they have the A15 in in this Mini? Uh, They say so on the website. They did not say so during the show, but if you look at the website, Uh, they tell you that it has it. And in fact, just before we went to air, I saw an article saying that the a15 processor that's in the mini is slightly downcycled uh, uh, from the one that's in the iPhone, so it's about two to three percent slower than the iPhone, which is not a lot. But uh, yeah. for whatever reason, in that one, uh, it's it's not much down. Now it's interesting. You look at the um, the number of cores. There's two high performance and four high efficiency cores in the current one. That's what was in the A12 as well. So they've not changed that structure or that ratio of two high performance to four high efficiency yet. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the next generation of their M series chips. You know, are they going to change that number of processors in order to give us more processing speed yeah. for, for computers? Yeah, we won't know that for another three or four weeks at least, huh? Possibly. Yeah. I've heard them. I've heard some rumors that there'll be another one, another uh, announcement in September. Um, I would say that they won't. They certainly wouldn't say anything until after they've already started shipping the phones and gotten that you know out of the way. Um, but uh, uh, you know, and what they didn't talk about, at least I didn't see in a spec anywhere, was how much memory uh, this new iPad Mini has. The old one had five, uh, three gigabytes of memory, um, and it had a four-core Apple GPU, and like the. Um, we haven't talked about the phones yet, but the uh, iPhone has a four-core GPU. The iPhone Pro has a five-core GPU. That's the graphics processing unit. Yeah. So it's probably the same chip, and they're just doing some binning to say those that you know, those that only had four wor- four working cores, we'll <laughs> stick them in this machine. And uh, and if we have too many, uh, and when we get to the point where, there, where most of them are working with five cores, we'll just manually disable one of the cores to put them into the uh, to the uh, basic iPhone. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we've exhausted the the mini. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, one thing. Look, m- moving on, the watch I think was the next thing they showed. It was. Uh, and. Uh, the, the really big relief 
was the fact that it didn't have that square boxy look that had been rumored uh, prior to this. So immediately uh, uh, it, it looked much better because it has the nice rounded edges. And in fact, they even emphasized that yeah. aspect. It's funny you uh, say relief and looked better because I actually thought that some of the mock-ups that I saw with the flat edges looked pretty good and I wouldn't have minded that change to the phone or to the watch rather. Well, um, on my wrist, I would have. Yeah. I would have. Uh, you know, if you put it on a, on a phone or something like that right. or an iPad, I don't really care. I've got an iPad with that kind yeah. of edge. I've got watches. I've got regular mechanical watches that have flat edges like that, and I think that, that looks very sharp. But you've got to be real careful about your materials there because having that flat flat edge and flat surface tends to make a sharp corner, which means there's lots of places that get dinged really badly. And yeah, so well, your device ends up looking pretty bad quickly if you haven't really worked your materials properly. I, I tell you, I have hit the wall several times with my watches since I got my first one. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, that sucker sticking out only another quarter of an inch or less, uh, I managed to my my arm comes swinging up and bang, I hit hit the thing. Yeah, ripped it off my ripped it off my wrist before just doing that. Wow. I mean that's that and but that's because my little Velcro is getting worn out here. I yeah. Need a new Velcro. Uh, but the watch still works. Watch still works. Yeah, because that's but, one of the but, things they talked about is the Series Seven is going to be tougher. In fact, they showed a whole video of a guy like falling off his bike and crashing with it, uh, and uh, you know, and he took a licking and kept on ticking, uh, which yeah. is Timex's line. But uh, uh, also, a hundred percent recycled aluminum, by the way, on the aluminum watches. Uh, yeah. Now they did say a couple things. It's got a larger battery and charges thirty three percent faster, and that the little charging puck will now come with a USB-C connection on the on the far end. So plug into a USB power brick again, USB-C power brick. So it's going to be able to carry a little bit more current. Um, I don't think a lot of people were aware of it, but they've been selling a USB-C charging cable for the phone for quite a while now. Um, so you, it was available to buy if you wanted it. I don't think that the phone, or that the watches rather, charged any faster with it. You know? And no, so, no, no, because it's wireless charging, it, you know, it's a wireless charger. And well, all of the watch the charging is wireless. All of the wireless. Right. You know, but what I'm saying and, is, and is that the watch that itself time. had to have some changes in order to take advantage of having more current and charge faster. And so that's what the Series 7 does, which the predecessors did not do. Oh, they said faster charging, huh? They oh, did. I see. Yeah. The Series 7 charges faster. And there was some, uh, I don't remember the specific wording, but they talked about the, the uh, charging coil on the back is larger. Essentially, yeah, is what they a, talked about. It's a slightly larger case. Slightly uh, larger, they said, but it's still compatible with all of the current watch bands. Uh, so you right. don't have to like get a new new watch band or or yeah, buy. Yeah, that's, a, that's you know. another rumor we don't we didn't need. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that was one of the rumors. You're right that that not only were they going to go to flat sides, but that it was going to be wider, and you'd have to buy new bands. And although a lot of people buy a band and they wear it till it breaks, and then they might replace the band. A lot of other people also buy bands and then switch bands, you know, just like you would change jewelry or when you're going out yeah, versus, you too know. Too much trouble. Well, it, you know, easy. but that for you, everybody does it. It's actually quite easy to change the band. That's one of the things that Apple introduced was that just push the little button on the back of the watch and slide the band out and slide a new one in. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's for some people and not for others, you know. I'll tell you what, it's Apple easy. sure makes a, a makes a mint off of selling you a piece of, you know, 
uh, nylon and Velcro. Uh, yeah. You know, fifty, sixty bucks for a little watch band that that it probably cost them. Well, literally, you can go to Amazon and buy uh, knockoffs of all the Apple stuff, all the bands for uh, for under twenty dollars. And so, and they're probably still making more than fifty percent profit uh, off of them at that. So, um, there's not a lot there. You know, you're paying for design and uh, and probably some build quality, but but. Uh, they did say the durability's increased. They now have IP6 dust resistance. So previously they had water resistance. Now they're they're better sealed up than they used to be. Yep. And, and they, they got a, a protector on the, the case too. The glass is harder or something. Right. So it's more dur- I, durable. From what I understood is the glass is actually thicker and that it now the glass instead of sitting flush across the top of the watch actually insets into the watch a little bit. And so that's yeah. they made the glass even thicker and tougher. Um, more, like a, more like a real crystal. Yeah, but the screen, they, they reduced the amount of space around the edge of the screen so that the, that the images now are slightly larger on the watch uh, than the previous generation. And because of the crystal, the way it's set, when you look at it from the side, you actually see uh, some, some um, deflected light of the, of the screen itself. So it looks like the image uh, or the, the screen wraps around the edge, but that's just a trick of the crystal that they've got on top of the watch uh, by the way I've, I've updated mine to the uh, watch OS 8 already but I haven't uh, looked at this uh, keyboard that you're supposed to be able to use on the watch it looks impossible but it's watch OS 8 is available uh, I thought I'd they just pushed out. Upgrade. They just up pushed out an update that was a bug fix oh. because there was a, a, a an right. in the wild um, uh uh, bad That's actor. That's right. This this comes on the twentieth, doesn't it? Right. Along with the, you're right. I, I'm yes. sorry, I jumped the gun on that. Right. And and I'm not sure that even though you go to Watch OS eight, I don't think they're going to support having that keyboard on any of the devices unless it's a Series seven. That's one of the pushes to say go to Series seven. Oh, that, that could be. Well, it wasn't clear to me. It might be part of of, of Watch OS eight. And then the rest of us who have the brief. I can't imagine somebody on the on the watch uh, series three trying to have a keyboard though, so it won't be supported yeah. there. Um, in fact, let's talk about that a little bit. I thought it was shocking that they're still selling series three. Yeah, yeah I did too. <laughs> yeah. So when the seven, they didn't say when. They said later this fall. But when the series seven ships, they're dropping the series six from the lineup. They will keep the uh, the. Uh, 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 Apple Watch SE, which is sort of like a, a hybrid between a Series 5 and a Series 6. And then they're still keeping the 199 Series 3, which is four years old and has less memory, less screen compatibility. I mean, you can't, I can't imagine anybody buying that. You know, you can get the SE for well, about 80, 80 bucks more. That's, that's, for, that's for the cost sensitive people. And they, they, the worldwide company, you know, they got to have a, a range of products. So yeah, but I, the I the thought, user experience on that watch is going to be so significantly less than the others. There's there's software that won't work on that that watch. There are screens that don't work on that watch just because it's a smaller screen. Uh, the processor and the amount of memory is so much lower and less than the current ones. This is a four year old device. Yeah, and, I know. which means that if they're still selling it this year, it's probably going to be required to be supported by developers for another two or three years after that assuming it goes away next year. I'm just surprised they didn't uh, uh, 
drop the price or even not drop the price and just say the, the basic watch is the SE. You know, that's how it is on the phones, right? Your least expensive phone is the SE. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. I just I, I thought that was a surprising thing. But but they, they also said something and this is I, I'm almost not sure I like this. And that is that, you know, since the series five, they haven't always on screen. So when you're just uh-huh. sitting, you can just glance down and look at your watch and see what time it is. Um, and it goes to a, a less bright mode and uh, and it drops some detail. So like I have a um, I have a, a uh, analog looking watch dial on my face on my watch right now. And it has a uh, second hand that sweeps around when it goes into sleep mode. The second hand disappears, um, but I can still see what time it is. I just can't tell you how many seconds past the hour it is. Um, oh. you know, and with the series six, they said that that mode was that, well, a little bit brighter. And this one, they said it's like 70% brighter than the series six. I'm not sure I want that watch even brighter when it's, when I'm not <laughs> looking at it, you know, I want it you to know, be some, it, I, I don't, I, I think I have the five or something and mine is, you know, I don't think of it as bright except when I wake up at night and I try to read it. And gee, that's just glares at me. I know, I know. So it's it's um, yeah. I'm not so sure. Now, you, does yours yours is one that um, when when you when you have your hand down at your side, does the screen go blank, or do you still see the screen on it? No, no, it goes on. Okay, then it's not a series five. It's probably a series four. Four. Okay. Yeah, because series five was the first one that said that the screen never goes blank; it just dims. But since they did that, the six said the dimmed the dimmed screen was brighter, and the seven says it's seventy percent brighter than the six, and it's like, I kind of like that when it's when I'm not glancing at it, it's not lighting up the room. They may you have know? a setting so that you can decide how what, what well, brightness you like. When night. you drag up from the bottom of the watch, when you drag up from the bottom of the watch, there's a series of things you can do. You can the first two have to do with cellular and Wi-Fi connectivity. Uh, then there's one that tells you how much battery there is and a thing that'll help you find your iPhone. But if you scroll down, you'll see two little masks. And if you tap those two little masks, it puts it in movie mode. So if you're in a theater or somewhere dark, it yeah. will it will um, not only blank out the screen, but it will not automatically light up when you lift your arm up. You have to tap it to get it to wake up. And yeah. so that way, if you're in a theater and you move your arm around, you don't suddenly shine light in people's faces. Just while now, I'm sitting here, I finally, I finally decided to swipe up on my watch, and wouldn't you know? I remembered before we just before we started, it was ready to die on me. It died. <laughs> it died. <laughs> well, you know, if you had a Series Seven, you could charge it up even quicker. <laughs> I've actually been surprised at how quick they charge up already. Yeah, they, they do. They, they charge faster than anything. But of course, yeah. the battery isn't that big. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even a physical connection. You know, it's 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 the magnetic connection. So. So the fact that they're doing inductive charging, I've always been surprised at how quickly a watch charges. The um, the Series Seven, one of the things they said is that if you charge it for eight minutes, that it will that will be from uh, that will give it enough charge to go eight hours of sleep tracking overnight. So if your phone is if your watch dies, you can set it on the charger for eight minutes, put it back on, and it will be able to track your sleep all night. Well, and then, I like I really like that because you want with the features it's got now to, to be able to, uh, you know, track your heartbeat and stuff like that at night. Yeah. Speaking of things that it can track, you know, they did not add any sensors to this. 
Uh, it has the exact same sensors that the the Series Six had in terms of uh, biometrics that you can track. Blood oxygen. That was in the Series Six, and that's what's in Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was introduced. The difference between the Series Five and the Series Six was a faster processor, a brighter sleep screen, and and the blood oxygen sensor. And now the Series 7 keeps all the same sensors. They just made it better sealed up, better battery, faster charging. Yeah. Yeah, that that fast charging is impressive. It's almost like I don't care now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eight minutes will get you eight hours of sleep tracking. Now, that won't drive the screen and everything else, because when you're sleep tracking, that goes off. And and the biggest battery suck is the the screen. Uh, But uh, still, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Now, from the Apple Watch, they rolled into Apple Fitness Plus, which requires a watch because when you do Apple Fitness Plus exercise routines, the watch tracks how hard you're working and then uh, displays that to you on the screen that you're looking at, be your phone, your iPad, or your Apple TV. And, I can see it uh, hollering at you. Get, get busy or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it'll tell you, like, your heart rate and say, hey, your heart rate's too high, slow down, or your heart rate's not high enough, speed up, or whatever. You know, they'll tell you to, to sure. so you get that added in. So they added 15 new countries. Apparently, I didn't realize this. There was only, like, eight countries that, that Apple Fitness was available in. But now it's 15 more countries. Um, they've added a bunch of new workouts. They pointed out again that the workouts are available for every different level. So usually when somebody's leading the workout, they'll have two people behind them. So you'll see three people. And the people behind them are doing modified versions of the exercise. So that you can, you know, if you're not bendy enough to do that or not in good enough shape to do it the way that the guy in front is doing it, look at the guy behind him. Usually the one to his left is the easiest version of it, which is clearly the one I would be staring at most of the time. Um, I keep meaning well, to try it, but I have not sat down and done an Apple Fitness Plus workout. Yeah, I I thought it was kind of neat that they put a name and a face on and basically introduced most of their workout people. Uh huh. Who who I'm sure for the those that use that uh, yeah. know already, but but yeah, it, it's it's they they want it to feel personalized and that, very much so. Yeah, that helped. Yeah, when they introduced the service, they actually introduced like the 15 different instructors that they had, and they've added instructors since then. And they made a real point of the instructors cover a broad spectrum. There are people in their 50s who are leading. There are people in their 20s who are leading. There's people of every ethnicity leading. There's male. There's female. There's, uh, you know, so there's there's. Uh, instructors leading and sometimes they're even doing this you know like the high intensity workouts the hit workouts you'll you'll have your choice of two or three different instructors doing hit workouts so if you find somebody you like you can come back and you know stick with them and they'll put new, they post new workouts on a regular basis so um so yeah that gives it a sense of being personalized um but the opposite end of that is something they added in this time which is group workouts using their share play technology so okay. You have a friend or a family member at the other end of the country, and you guys want to say, okay, let's exercise at a certain time of day. You can all get online together, and up to 32 people can do a workout. And while you're doing the workout, you can talk to each other and see each other on the screen in little sub-windows. So that's kind of cool, you know, so you can share your workout with family and friends. Well, and that's important because a lot of people don't do workouts unless they do them with somebody. Right, yeah. That's a that's a really good important feature, I think. I agree. I agree because you know, and you will be more likely to keep up with it because you don't want to miss time with your friends or you don't want to let your friends down, right? Yep. You know, they're all I, gathering, and so you're going like, oh, I got to go do my workout. My friends are waiting for me. 
which is a motivator. Because yeah. a lot of people, yeah. if they don't have that, it, that external motivator, it just doesn't get done. It's easy to skip a practice, right? Yeah. In fact, I do a Zoom group with, with some people in California, even though I'm on the East Coast only. And, and I would still probably not be exercising if they didn't invite me to, to join their group. Uh -huh. you know? Now, it's not an Apple Watch thing or any of that. Right. But nevertheless, it's that, that's, that's an important thing. Yeah. Well, and this would do the same kind of thing. It's just that it would be, um, you know, integrated with the Apple uh, exercise program, Apple um, Fitness Plus leader leading the group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, along with that should be a scheduler so that you automatically comes on and says, you know, prepare for a workout in 15 minutes or something. I don't yeah. Know they do yeah this, it should be tied into their calendar. Yeah. Absolutely. So that you gives you reminders. It says, hey, because don't forget. It's Tuesday. When, Time to work out. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what gets me to doing it, you know. I yeah. have a 15-minute thing that goes off and says, get ready, because that's about how long it takes me to get everything yeah. set up for what I do. Yeah. Well, and it's cool to set this kind of thing up, but, but see, like, you've got an existing group. Not everybody in that group is going to have iPhones and Apple products necessarily. That's right. Well, we don't. We do it with a, with a video. Right. You know? So you do it with Zoom so that it can be... Um, across sure. yeah, uh, sure, multiple sure technologies, right? So, um, which is something that they've announced with FaceTime. They did that back at the Apple Developers Conference that FaceTime, uh, with the next version of the OSs that come out, will be able to, people on, on, uh, on Windows and on Android devices will be able to join in FaceTime conversations because they will have a web-based interface to it now. Yeah. So um, that will be interesting. I wonder if they do that, then they will add in, you know, if that will affect their uh, share play, which is what they're calling this group uh, watching. Yeah. You know, it's using FaceTime technology. So at some point they may, you know, why wouldn't they be able to do that? Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm sure it's just building up to that. Right. Because they, they initially announced share play as a way to watch movies with friends and family who are in different places. Well, we're social beings, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now I'll tell about. you, we've done that with uh, with um, one of our daughters. She called us up one time and said, "Hey, I'm going to watch this movie. You guys want to watch it?" And so we called it up on Apple TV and we hit go together, so that we were pretty closely to synchronize, not perfectly, but pretty close. And then while the movie was on, we just had a FaceTime thing going, and so we could talk about the movie while it was going on. Ah, yeah. Now that said, we're not real big talkers during movies, so there wasn't a whole lot of talking, but we did some. <laughs> we did some, you know. But you sent those electrons back and forth anyway. Absolutely, I could look over and and watch her breathing and you know, eating popcorn every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, yeah. So and we did talk a little bit about it, but anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the FaceTime technology and SharePlay uh, spreads. You know, because, I mean, Apple clearly likes to keep some of their technologies specific to their products in order to push people towards their products. But I think the advent of lockdowns and COVID opened their eyes to the need to be able to support other people as well at times. Because if they don't, people will just, you know, switch to different uh, technical options, right? I mean, right. Zoom... I can't imagine Zoom being the popular thing that it was without COVID having hit. Oh, no, no way. You know, because uh, we were all seemed to be just fine getting by with Skype and with, you know, Google Hangouts and with uh, and, FaceTime. And, 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 
and I can't see a company like Apple staying out of that market forever. You know, they're working it, you know, until they've right. got something that's as good or better. And, yeah. and there's several technologies they've already introduced that would enhance it tremendously from right. what it currently is. So I can see it coming. They just haven't got it ready to announce yet. Right. Yeah, no, they're, they're adding bits and pieces as they go. Um, but they're definitely sort of behind the curve. I think they missed... I mean, we'll see if there's more lockdowns and stuff in the future, but they missed that wave yep. because because yep. had they had, you know, a a group FaceTime that that worked well at all, they could have, you know, won that. Oh yeah, in oh, a big yeah. way because I think their underlying technology of FaceTime is is one of the better streaming technologies, and the quality yeah. of the images and the sound is pretty amazing. The, um, though when it come when it comes to be in the right place at the right time, Amazon is the far and away the winner because of the pandemic. I mean, it just skyrocketed Amazon yeah. and, and what they do. The logistics and deliver stuff to your door, like food and whatever. I don't yeah. know. They, just, they don't do that, but nevertheless. They do. They actually do. They they will yeah. deliver food and, every, I mean, they, they you know, you, you know, I know a lot of people have been getting their food delivered from the local grocery store. You could also get it delivered from Amazon in most places. They don't do it everywhere. But in most places, yeah. you can order groceries and have them delivered directly from Amazon as well. Yeah. Oop. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my uh, my noontime alarm went off. I oh. have, uh, since since Elaine went back to teaching in the classroom, uh, she gets lunch fairly early. And so I've tried to synchronize having my lunch because otherwise left to my own devices, I'll eat lunch at like two o'clock in the afternoon. She gets home and she's hungry because she hasn't had food for hours, and I'm like, I just ate. <laughs> and so, yeah. so in order to synchronize dinner, I have tried to synchronize lunch. Um, yeah, you know, because she's a teacher, she doesn't have an option as to when she's going to eat lunch. It's like you either eat during this window or you just don't eat. Uh, That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, I try to uh, make that whole thing a little smoother and easier for both of us. So. Um, well, then they started talking about phones. Yeah, yeah. In, in that thing, as far as I was concerned, there was really only one significant and uh, uh, improvement, but there's a couple others. But the mm-hmm. but the biggie is the new cinematic mode, so that now you mm-hmm. can get uh, movies uh, pretty much with a feature like they did for professional port portraits and that means that mm-hmm. uh there's a focus on something usually in the foreground uh and so the background is blurred somewhat. yeah so they refer to it as racked focus which is a technique where you where where you change the focus of of a scene within the scene without doing a cut so it's a yeah. single shot that changes focus from one dev- one thing that's closer to this front to the screen to something that's further away or the other way around Um, and so, you know, if a guy comes into a room and he's looking for a weapon, uh, you might see him come into the room blurry in the background or, or clear in the background and then change focus to the, to the knife sitting on the table in front of him as he comes walking over. And that's, so it's used in movies a lot. Um, now the only thing about that, that occurred to me while they were showing it, and that is they had professional actors. And so the the thing has smarts. So when a guy turns his head sideways, that's a signal to the smarts of the camera that hey, he's going to look at something in the background. So right. get ready to switch. You know, and at some point as the head gets far enough around, 
lo and behold, it's, uh, his, his face is kind of fuzzy and the background is, is uh, focused in. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and, and your people that are going to be in your picture might not do that. I mean, you know, if you're taking sure. normal videos. Sure. And, and they probably won't. Unless well, there's a reason to, and they're aware that that's a way to improve the quality of the picture or something. It was said very quickly, but it wasn't, I don't think, picked up on or, or expounded on. You can change that after the fact. So within the uh, video editing tools that Apple creates, the new versions will allow you to change the focus because the depth information is already mapped into In the, the file with from the LiDAR sensor. So if yeah. the automatic thing switches and it doesn't switch to the right thing or the right face in editing it, you can change that. Yeah, and just by touching where you want the focus to go to. Right. Or, or moving it from where it is to where you want it to go to. Right, yeah, I think, you know, we'll see how they implement that as far as an editing tool, but you'll probably click on it or touch it or whatever, whether you're yeah. editing on your iPad or on your Mac or whatever. Uh, but uh, you can expect iMovie and and um, uh, I'm forgetting what's the name of their professional video editing tool, um, but they'll both support that, so they'll be able to change the the focus, which right. is kind of kind of cool that you can, you know, change the focus on something after the fact. Um, yeah. Uh, but they've been able to do that with the static pictures for a while. Now, you said you thought that was the largest thing. I thought that, the, the, to me, one of the things that was the biggest deal is that they have added a sensor shift optical image stabilization to the lenses, which previously the only one that had that was the iPhone Pro Max, the most expensive phone you could get. Now the yeah. basic iPhone has that, which means that you're going to get um, cleaner, sharper images because they will actually physically shift the sensor inside the device. However, that also makes the device more open to uh damage because there's little little um you know micro motors that are stepper motors that are moving that thing around and those are very easy to get kind of knockered around and in fact just this last week apple sent out a notice saying it's probably not a good idea to strap your iphone to a motorcycle because the jostling of the suspension can damage the camera and then yeah. did you notice that the very demo sh that they showed was some guy zipping around somewhere on a moped with his <laughs> iPhone strapped to it? And I'm like, they literally yeah. just told us don't do that. And then they're showing us a video of somebody doing that. I thought that was pretty poor timing on their part. <laughs> you know, And yeah. they've included that in now all of their phones. Now, what wasn't clear to me is the regular iPhone has two cameras on the back. And it said optical image stabilization. It wasn't clear whether that's just on the main lens or if that's both lenses. I think they said both lenses, but I'm not certain on that. Yeah. They did say that even though the lenses are really tiny compared to standalone cameras, that they actually have larger pixels in the cameras now so that they are more light sensitive. So they work even better in low light. Um, and particularly, they're better at creating... Um, good images of people who have dark skin tones because that's been a, a problem for uh, for phone cameras for a long time is that people who have very dark skin tend to just sort of disappear into a dark spot on a lot of cameras, especially if there's poor lighting. Yeah. And, By the uh, way, the article that I'm reading says a new 
12 megapixel primary camera they're talking about here with that sensor ship optical image stabilization. Okay. And a bigger sensor. So it's talking about the primary camera. Okay. All right. Well, that clarifies it because, like I said, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember which one it was and I didn't write it down whether it was both or one. So it sounds like it's just the one lens. But, yeah. um, but something that they don't talk about very much is the fact that, that they've got three, uh, three lenses on the pros and two lenses on the regular f- camera. When you take a picture, it always takes a picture from all three lenses simultaneously. Right. And it uses date, and, and in fact, it takes it from all three and from the LiDAR camera, which gives them depth right. information. And it uses all of that information to then create a composite image that's the best looking photo they can. Yeah, that, that's so. the real secret is it's the software that's now mm-hmm. doing uh, basically photo lab uh, work that used to be done in the dark room. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, no, in fact, there's been quite a few people photography in photography magazines who've talked about the actual image that comes off the sensor is pretty horrible. Um, yeah. And, and you know, if it weren't for the magic that's being done after the fact processing it, that it would not be an acceptable camera for anybody. But the fact that they're able to do all that behind-the-scenes processing to make it look better uh, is a testament to the computational photography, the computers that are in these things. So Yeah. That's where the powerful chip and all of that matters. Yeah. So um, let's see. Other stuff. They've got some new colors on it. They've rearranged the cameras. Instead of being stacked, they're now uh, diagonal inside the the little plateau-o cameras on the back of the phones. Um, The uh, cutout on the front of the camera is smaller. So the amount of black space at the top of the screen is is not quite as wide. There's a little bit more uh, screen space there now. Um, they said they increased the size of the battery as well as the battery life on all of them. They said you get an hour and a half more on the Mini and two and a half hours more on the regular iPhone. Uh, and speaking of the Mini, they still have a Mini. You know, there was rumors mid-year that the Mini was not selling well and they had to cut back on their pro- uh, the production of it because people weren't buying it. But they're keeping it. So it's still there. Yep. Uh, they have a super retina display. They say it's brighter. It's just a, a type of OLED. Um, so, you know, I mean, honestly, it's one of those years where you look at it and it's like, okay, this is just a, uh, a from the outside, it's just an upgrade of the 12. There's not a whole lot going on. Yeah, we got a little bit better picture or a little bit better cameras, rather. Uh, we've got a few colors that are the thing, but it's basically physically the same device, looks pretty much the same. Inside, they didn't just tweak it. They recreated it. It's a completely different layout inside with a bigger battery. Um, interestingly enough, the A15 Bionic chip, and here's where they actually announced it and talked about the fact that they had the, the new A15 Bionic chip, the fastest yeah. computer ever put in a phone. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a 5 uh, nanometer uh, uh, chip, but they didn't point out, they didn't. nobody mentioned that the A14 was also 5 nanometer. Uh, it has a 6-core CPU which is two high-speed and four efficiency cores. As we talked about earlier, it's been that since the uh, since the A12. Is six six cores, two high efficiency, or two high speed and four high efficiency. Uh, it has a four-core GPU and a six-core neural engine. Those are all exactly the same specs as the predecessor. Uh, uh, integration with camera and the mach- machine learning team. So that they said that their their uh, their 
neural engine people work with the camera people. So that's where the magic is happening is in that neural engine to make your photos look so good. Um, so larger picture pictures, the sensor shift we talked about. Um, so, uh, yeah. uh, Now what's the difference really between the mini and the, uh, and the 13 size. Is that That's all? all it is. The mini is smaller. Yeah. This mini is about the size of an iPhone 5. Yeah. A little bit bigger than an iPhone 5. Well, that's that's kind of what I thought when, when they were doing all of this. Uh-huh. And it occurred to me that probably next time I go out, I don't know if I'll get in a hurry and get the, get a mini this time, but I'm still uh, hoping they'll have a flip phone or something that's even smaller at some point. Because mm-hmm. in my view... Uh, most of the stuff on the phone is too small for me to read, you know? So I don't care about a big screen on there. I mean, just give me a phone, you know, (laughs) but, uh, there's some, there's some things that I want there with it that will like work in my car play for maps, you know, uh, on, on a road. And that's basically the only significant thing. Now I, I like good pictures too. You know, so I'm happy with the camera, but I'm not the big photo nut to go up to the pros because you got to pay a right. couple hundred bucks more for those. Uh, yeah, well, something they didn't talk about a whole lot, but it was it was also mentioned in there is that all of these phones are fat, are heavier than last year's phones. And I had read throughout this last year there was a lot of people who were complaining about the fact that the pro phones in particular were very heavy. They're stainless steel frames. And uh, a lot of people had said they preferred the, the regular iPhone, even though they had to give up a camera, um, because it's, it's an aluminum frame and, and was much lighter to carry. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the Mini is uh, weighs 4.97 ounces, 141 grams. Yeah. Uh, the regular iPhone weighs 6.14 ounces, or 174 grams. And the By Mini the way, is... Five inch, five point one eight inches tall, and two point five, two and a half inches wide, basically. Yeah. So I don't know. The mini should be a little bit smaller than my ten, I would think. So um, I'm looking to see. Yes, it'll be smaller than your ten because your ten is about the same size as the the regular iPhone thirteen right. or the twelve. Yeah. So it should so. be a little bit lighter. Well, maybe not lighter now, but. It, it, well, yeah, exactly. I don't know. They made it heavier, so I don't know if it's lighter than than uh, yours or not. Yeah, the difference between the two may not make that much difference. Anyway, so uh, for those who are real, yeah. real camera nuts, you can really get a lot with the pros. You can. The, the extra camera, they now have a three-times telephoto lens, so they added... Um, some length to the uh, length on the telephoto lens. Um, it is slightly less light sensitive, so the the uh, aperture is not quite as good as the pre as its predecessor, but it's fifty percent longer lens in doing that. So, um, and I think it went down one tenth of a point uh, in f stops for the uh, long lens on the thirteen Pro. Um, has four different colors this year, um, and the max version is the phablet. <laughs> It's the big one. Yeah. Uh, so it's even bigger than the standard one. The standard one is basically the same size as the basic iPhone. 
Um, it just has the, the stainless steel body and, um, and uh, the uh, uh, extra camera lens. Now, they did add in the Pros this year the uh, ProMotion uh, refresh rates. So it has variable refresh rate on the screen. And that does a couple things for you. One is at the high end, if you're watching, if you're watching a movie or something, then um, a lot of high high speed movement on the screen for gaming or for people who are doing drawing and stuff, uh, it will keep up. Although I don't know that many people who do much drawing on the phones. Um, But that just really means it's 120 uh, refreshes a minute versus 60, right? Well, that means it can go up to 120. On the other oh. phones, it's 60 no matter what. This one can also go down to 10 hertz, which means that if there's not much going on on the screen, they'll step down the refresh rate, and that saves battery power. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, ironically, the phone or the watch is where they first started doing this, and the watch actually goes down to 1 hertz. So, uh, huh. most of the time on the watch, it's not refreshing the screen that much because what needs to move around on the screen at most, it's like a second hand, you know? Right. Yeah. So, or at least you mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, the new, uh, telly is equivalent of a 77 millimeter tele- telephoto for a, from a 35 millimeter lens camera. So equivalent of 77 millimeter lens. Um, they've got improved low light, uh, functionality in both the ultra wide and wide lenses. Uh, they have the larger pix- pixels and lower aperture in order to get more light in there. Um, I thought this was interesting. The Pro now adds macro focusing from two centimeters. So you can get the lens as close as two centimeters and get a clear picture of something, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, it it uh, seemed to me when they were demonstrating this, I said, you know, unless you're a camera expert, you you don't want to spend the extra money on this camera. It's <laughs> It's too complicated for you to ever get your money's worth. I would recommend most people not bother with the pros. Although I will tell you that macro capability would come in handy in that there has been more than one occasion where I have taken a picture of something and I can't get that close. I have to get further back, but I've taken a picture of it just so I can zoom in on the picture to see what it is. Cause my eyes don't, <laughs> if I don't have my glasses, especially I can't see what that says. Uh, yeah, so, well, you know, if I'm trying to read a tag audience, or something. <laughs> for our audience, Todd is a professed camera bug. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm a camera person. I taught photography. I've got, you know, professional cameras. Um, uh, but I tell you what, when we go traveling, I always have a, a, a nice, expensive camera, quality camera with good lenses on it. I take pictures with my phone, too. The phone pictures are just too good not to. Um, yeah, they're, they're getting know. to the point where it's, it'll almost not allow you to justify another camera unless you've already made that investment, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing what they've done. Yeah, I, I'm a technology nut, and so I just look at all of this and I say, well, the sky is the limit. As long as you've got enough processing power and, and storage space in there, you know, you if you, if you can get the data into the camera somehow, uh, now you can just do whatever you want to with it. Yeah, you know, and and they up the storage option to one terabyte on this. So if you got that camera. And at the speeds this processor goes, I mean, this is a computer, you know. This is a, this is a, what just a few years ago you you couldn't get that kind of capability anywhere except in your processor, you know, your your Apple computer. Right. But now it's all there with, with a small, super fast chips and 
Yeah. And, uh, no, it's, it's stunning how much that this has continued to improve and get better and better and better. And every time we think, oh, they've kind of hit a wall, you know, they, they kind of re-architect how they're doing things and find a way to keep getting better. Well, it's, what's it's really become shocking. apparent to me is, is that they have been working on this software for a long time, and they says, but in order for it to make any sense, what you got to do is to have uh, this kind of processing power and storage space, you know? And so now they've got that. And so suddenly we're seeing these applications that drove the development of that hardware to where it is today. And... Uh, you know, they'll continue to do that. I'm sure there's some things they're looking ahead and saying, wow, with all this uh, processing power that we've had on mainframes for years, what else can we move down to a, a device and take advantage, and how, how we take advantage of that? Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, they, they've opened up the, uh, the whole business of uh, microprocessors so much with this new uh, Apple Silicon, as they've called it, yeah, but it's basically their uh, architecture for their all of their devices now. Yes, and uh, that that those things are so fast that you sip power, and they just amaze. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the thing about it. It's the hardware superiority that Apple has had is coming to the fore, and it's it's just surpassing everyone. Yeah. Well, and the investment on- that they put in 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 uh, creating a team of engineers who really understand chip design. And uh, one of the things that I had read more recently about that was that a lot of the speed is coming from the fact that unlike most processors, they're in most computers, uh, they have enough uh, front-end cache to keep feeding the data into the processor so the processor stays busy because there's all kinds of just dead cycles in most computer processors because they're not streaming the, 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 the problems into the processor quick enough, you know? And uh, and that they really front loaded a lot of cash onto the front of these things, so that so the processors can can run, uh, you know, on every clock cycle. Yeah, I, I'd like to reflect on what the impact of the M1 Apple Silicon has been to uh, other businesses. Uh, there have been announcements uh, in just about every sector that 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 says this company is now developing. Uh, forgot the terminology they use but basically it's they're built they're going to build semiconductors now they're not going to build it the whole thing they're going to do it just like apple did and go to uh, either uh, pay Intel somebody else or, to fab them right yeah the fab shops will, right. will do the business for these companies but it it's become real evident to anybody in business today that if you have any elect any potential need for electronics that you're not going to be successful if you do not have the ability to build your own devices. Yeah. That's the message that's out there, and it's it's spread everywhere. Yeah, you've got uh, to custom build really... the the equipment to do the things that you want to do at the best level. Yeah, and, and if you, you don't, one of your competitors will. That's right. You you name it. All of the guys out there, the Microsofts of the world, got the message to uh, Google, uh, everybody, Facebook. Yeah. They're all going to do that. Ultimately, that's going to come back at some point and possibly threaten Apple. But Apple is so far ahead of all these guys, right? And that's why they're they're taking all the money, you know. Yeah, they're they're going like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. People and are willing to want... pay more for a product that does more, and they can do things that the other guys just can't do right now. 
Um, Although I say that, and that's you and I knowing that and believing that at the technical level, the average schmo walking into his Verizon store just says, I want a phone that does this. And most of them, if you show them a Samsung and an Apple phone, aren't going to be able to see a huge difference. And unless they've bought into the Apple uh, infrastructure already, aren't necessarily going to pick Apple. And that's why the other companies are still out there. Well, you see, I, I see Apple having such a moat already, and a moat is a is a, a broad capability that none of your competitors have, uh, and and they want to they don't want it's that a ditch moat. filled with water. Come on, I know what a moat is. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, anyway, uh, five years from now, they don't want to look back and say, "Well, look, everybody's got the same moat that we have now." You know, we right. They can, you know, there's nothing we can do anymore. No, they're going to be expanding into lots of businesses. That oh, sure. They're not going to sit on their hands. And yeah. so this, this capability is going to be applicable to the Apple car, uh, to just everything that has electronics in it. Mm-hmm. You know? so yeah. It's, no, uh, I agree. I think for if you if you take the, you know, the 10,000-foot view of what, what Apple's doing, um, they're saying that, you know, the core technology of our products – is now controlled by us. And now that we have that advantage over other people who are still relying on third parties for their underlying technology, how can we use that to our advantage to make money for our company and for our investors? And, and so they're exploring lots of things. Um, and I mean, they're making money hand over fist. Uh, you know, I mean, I think they still keep like a $200 billion cash, on hand, you know, as a company to, you know, so on a whim, if something looks interesting, they can go invest in it. You know, they can buy a technology if they think it makes sense to integrate. They can, uh, they can spend a billion dollars in research on something because it might, might pay off. And if it doesn't, then they go, okay, well, what did we learn from that? You know? Yeah. Um, and they don't blink at saying, well, oh, we spent a lot of money figuring this out and it turned out not to be a product. It might end up being a, um, a technology that's implemented in some other product somewhere down the line. So, yeah. 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 They're very Uh, interesting. Back to the iPhones real quickly. Um, One of the other things that's a difference between the pro series and the uh, regular series iPhones is a five core GPU versus a four core GPU. And before we went on air, we talked about this. I think they're just binning these, meaning that they're making uh, five core GPUs, but that uh, a number of those probably have one, core that fails and so what they're doing is if the core fails it goes on the regular iphone and at some point when they've got the production quality such that they're all five core gpus then they'll disable one of the cores on it when they put it in a regular iphone and then next year all of the phones will have five core gpus because they can make them without having any errors in them and that's uh, something that's done in that world a lot so um it wasn't that long ago one of the um uh, in fact, I think it's right now. You can go get on the M1 chips in the uh, in the MacBook Air. The basic MacBook Air has uh, one less uh, GPU in it than the um, than the more expensive MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, and that's because there are enough of those that when they come off the line, one of the one of the GPUs doesn't work. And so rather than throw the chips away, they say, okay, we'll sell a version of this that uses one, one less GPU unit in it and, uh, you know, and go on our merry way. Yeah. Uh, 
I'd like to jump back to something you had mentioned earlier, and that's the arrangement of the uh, cameras on the uh, on the 13 versus the 12, where they had them vertical. Right. Uh, now they're on the diagonal, and there's mm-hmm. uh, uh, reasons for that. Uh, first of all, in order to do that uh, uh, feature that they wanted to put in there regarding sensor shift image optical stabilization, that's a mouthful, uh, yeah, they, had to have, they had to have a bigger yeah. models, and they couldn't line them up and get them, uh, at least uh, at like the 12, in line. So putting them opposite on a diagonal uh, solved that problem for them. Right. So that's, that's a hardware reason. Yeah. Uh, marketing, though, uh, also had a, a reason, and that means that it, it signals to people who see this that they're looking at a 13 instead of a 12. Yeah, you got a so, new one. Well, something that they didn't yeah. mention at all, too, that, that something that, they, that could come into play at some, some point down the line is if you want to take a stereoscopic image, you need two lenses and they need to be separated. And, that's, yeah. and if they're stacked, you can do that when you're holding the camera horizontally, but not either when you're way. holding it vertically. This way, you can do it either way. So, and that's not so, something that they mentioned in any way, shape, or form. But as soon as I saw them offset like that, that was one thing that crossed my mind is, you know, whether they do it or another person sells software that does it or, or um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, my thinking was is there's been rumors that Apple's been doing glasses or maybe even some sort of a VR-type headset type of thing. Well, if you have lenses that are offset, you can now do that quite easily, um, you know. And so you can take stereoscopic images that then could be played into a headset and give you true three-dimensional vision. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where they're going. And it might be something that they're doing with that device now in-house testing that will never, ever be released for an iPhone 13. It might not be released until an iPhone 14 or 15. But it's something that they do the prep work now. And now they can start right. testing. So, yeah, you know, and and I, I I have although I've never seen Apple admit it or talk about it, it seems to me like there has been in the past things like that where they had a new technology that they pushed out in a device that didn't really have any any direct use. You know, the U1 chip when they first started shipping things with U1 chips in them did nothing. Right. But I think that Apple gathers data from that, and then from the data. Then they figure out how to use it, and it might be introduced on a subsequent version of the of the device. And then, you know, if if the older device can support that, they they'll support it. But if they what they learned was they needed to change the sensor, then they maybe change the sensor, and it comes out in a later device. By the way, if you have any doubt that Apple, whether Apple takes uh, gets data from your phone or not. Think back to when you first got your phone. There was a question there that says, "Will you allow Apple to uh, use your data to improve the product?" Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, and a lot of people. A lot of people will answer that in the affirmative. Yeah, it'll sure. improve it if I help out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know? Well, and Apple is very clear if you read the fine print that they don't g- gather any data that they could then personally tie back to you. It's data about usage patterns and and things like that so that they're able to right. find out what works and doesn't work. And there's also a question if you want to share it with the developer and they'll share that same data with the developers of products um, sure. with, with the same caveats that they're, they're not allowed to get specific information about like, 
hey, Todd used his phone on this day at this time. Uh, instead, they'll say, you know, people, a lot of people use their phone at this time of day. You know, that's the kind of information they'll get as an example. Yeah. You know, and obviously they, they attach numbers and things to that as, as opposed to a lot, because what does a lot mean? But um, so we didn't talk about phone prices at all. Um, the uh, mini starts at six ninety nine. The regular iPhone starts at seven ninety nine. Those are both with one hundred and twenty eight gigabytes. You can get them at two fifty six and five twelve with a hundred dollar bump for each. Um, the iPhone Pro starts at nine ninety nine, and the Pro Max starts at ten ninety nine. Uh, they also start at one hundred and twenty eight gigabytes, and they go um, up to a terabyte. And so uh, you can have a full tera. Can you imagine that? A full terabyte of storage on your phone. That is just yeah. scary big. Um, but you know what? You're shooting a lot of 4K <laughs> video. That goes pretty quick. That's right. Yeah. You got to look at what you, you don't want to hamper that capability of that phone. If you spend that much on a yeah on a thing that you, you want to be sure you got enough memory. Yeah. I, I literally never look at what the starting price is on any of these things and think that that's what I would buy. You know, yeah. now it's better now, at least that they started 128. But I've, I felt like for years their their starting uh, storage capacity oh, the, was so low that it was well, almost unusable. I just never well, got the, it. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom number is a loser product. <laughs> yeah. In my view. It's like, yeah, yeah. you've got to have, you know, got to got to have those features, but just flat out can't come up with an extra hundred bucks for a little more storage Then I guess you could do that. But, man, I can't imagine. Um yeah, no, I, I currently have an iPhone 11, and it has, I have a 256 gigabyte, and I use a little over half of it, and that's most of the time, um, and that's fine. Um, you know, that works for me. I But I couldn't get by with a 128. If I did, I would be uh, more than full. So the 256 mm-hmm. was just right for me. Um, you know, and so I would probably look at the... Um, the new phones at sort of whatever is above the 128, whether it be 256 or 512, uh, whatever that next step up is pro- probably correct for my use patterns. Cause I don't expect I would suddenly start using them differently, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I know I'm with you, uh, as far as like, if somebody comes to me and says, which phone would I get? Um, quite honestly, you know, I said, I would tell them get the, the regular iPhone, but realistically, Here's what Apple is selling. They've got the iPhone Pros, the two phones, the the 13 Pro and the 13 and 13 Mini. They're still selling the 12 and the 12 Mini. They have the iPhone SE and the iPhone 11. Quite frankly, if anybody came to me and said, what should I buy? I'd probably say the iPhone 11. It's the cheaper cheaper one. The iPhone SE is even cheaper, uh, but that still has the button on the front and the screen is even smaller. And so if you want a really tiny phone, that's fine. But the iPhone 11 is a great phone. And um, And what's the price there? So let's see. What is the price on the 11? So the 11 is uh, starts at $499. Wow. That's that's a a heck of a deal. And yeah, and that's, you know, it's a two-year-old phone, but it is it's still an astoundingly good phone. The uh, iPhone SE starts at three ninety nine. It's the cheapest, and that's the one that is the same size as an iPhone eight. Uh, it it it's an iPhone eight with an iPhone ten guts. I think is what it was. Or, yeah. So let's see which processor did it have? If I can see it here real quickly, it has the A thirteen. So actually, it's the iPhone eleven guts. I think. Nice. Uh, so, 
So processing wise, the uh, the um, the iPhone uh, SE is still a heck of a device. But yeah, if, if, if somebody was asking me what phone should I go buy right now, I would say the iPhone 11 is probably the best iPhone to buy in terms of what you get for the for the bang for the buck. Yeah, you know. Now it does have the slightly older um, rounded edges as opposed to the flatter sides that are on the 13 and the and the the yeah. 12 you know but uh yeah well did you get uh two cameras on that one the 11 the 11 has two i have the pro which has three. Oh, okay okay but if you look at the iphone 13 the iphone 12 and the iphone 11 they all have a 6.1 inch liquid retina display um the 12 and the 13 have 5g the 11 only has 4g uh, but again, I, I've told you my thoughts on that. Um, you know, they all have the wide and ultra wide lenses. Um, the the 12 and 13 have Dolby Vision HDR video up to uh, 30 frames on the 12 and 60 frames per second on the on the um, uh, iPhone 13. And the iPhone 13 has that new cinematic mode that was just pushed out. Now, what they didn't talk about either is the cinematic mode doesn't shoot at 4K. It shoots at 1080p and only 30 frames per second. So that cinematic oh. mode is limited as to where you can use it. Yeah. Oh, okay. The 11 has an A13 chip. 12 has an A14. The new 13 has an A15 chip in it. They should synchronize that. <laughs> you know, yeah. if they come out next year with the iPhone 14, it should just... They should call it the A14A. <laughs> so that way, then, they're always the same. You know, the chip matches the phone. Um, let's see. The iPhone 11 has an 8-core neural engine, and the 12 and the 13 both have a 16-core neural engine. Other than that, their GPU, CPU cores all match. Okay. They all are Face ID. Um, the 12 and 13 both have the ceramic shield front on them as opposed to just the Gorilla Glass. Um, oh, I can I... tell you with, with my 11, I've got a tiny little scratch on it, and I've had it for two years. So, yeah. By the way, uh, the uh, other thing that's happened is they now have a Touch ID on a button that's on the top of, uh, was it the iPad? iPad Mini. iPad Mini. Which I I'm curious to see that that I did they didn't show any pictures or at least right. I didn't remember seeing that's been on the iPad Air for uh, a year and a half now, but it's on the edge, huh? Right. Yeah, it's just a power button, and just like there's one on the side of your phone. In fact, there's a lot of people who are complaining that why didn't they put that in the phone and use Touch ID and Face ID so that when you're wearing your mask, you could you can use one or the other, or be even more secure and use both. But that's not very wide, you know. That's not nearly as big as the button. No, but know, the, most people the thought they were using the total surface of the button. I think they were only using the, the perimeter around the edge of the button. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's as good a touch ID or any. haven't seen any reports on it. But I just wanted to mention that, that that's yeah. kind of a noob, newbie thing. Uh, it's been around so for I, a year and a half. I have yeah. a... Um, uh, I, when I downgraded from the 12.9 inch uh, iPad Air, I got an i or I mean uh, iPad Pro. I got a uh, an iPad Air, which no longer has the Face ID. It has Touch ID on the power button, and um, 
you know, I, I find that that size works better for me and I don't miss face ID. Touch ID works just fine. You know, now I don't know statistically, like you said, if that's as secure as the previous touch ID. I remember when they first announced it, there was some articles about that. And my recollection was, is that it was slightly less data points. And so it was slightly less secure, but they yeah. said that it wasn't statistically significant in most cases was a third party review is my recollection, but I, you know, we, we could do some research and read. on. Yeah. That. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting if this COVID thing goes through this next winter, like it did last winter, but, mm -hmm. but for variant D reasons, uh, then, uh, we might see, uh, less interest in, in the visual thing yeah. because, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have a touch ID techni technology that works on a button. Why didn't they put that on the side of the phone? Other than, it, yeah. I guess it probably takes up a little more space and certainly adds cost. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they would have had to develop software that says, you know, which one do we prioritize? Is it, uh, you know, more, less, both, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... so um, have we exhausted the the phone business yet? We have, I think. You know, I'm just sitting here looking uh, at some of the. I'm uh, on Apple. They have a, pa a page where you can compare phones, and you can pick which phones you want. So I have the 11, the 12, and the 13 all up, and uh, the 12 and the 13 have the same contrast ratio, which is higher than the 11. Uh, they all have wide color displays. They have haptic touch. Um, the display brightness on the 13 is a little higher than the. 12 and 11 are um but uh you know size weight mm -hmm. okay so the iphone 11 was 6.84 ounces the iphone 12 went down to 5.78 and the iphone 13 went back up to 6.14 ounces so it's still 0.7 ounces lighter than the iphone 11 so the iphone 11 is heavier that's interesting yeah. But I think that's the, you know, because it has that rounded edge on it, that that's, there's just more material there. Yeah. So, yeah, I stand by what I said. If somebody wants an iPhone today, I recommend going and getting an iPhone 11. Um, I think you'll be happy with it for a long period of time. It's going to do the vast majority of what you want to do. And I don't think you'll feel like you're missing some feature that somehow is in the other devices that you, that you didn't. You, know, you yeah. can't get by without. You're not going to feel like, oh gosh, how did it, I ever get for, by without for, this? For me, it, for me, the only difference is it's still a bit bigger than the mini, right? It and is. Mi it's it is and, larger and the than mini, the mini. You know, the, the mini costs a bit more too. You said four ninety nine versus six ninety nine or something like that. The I didn't talk about the mini, so let me look at the the smallest mini is the the three ninety nine is the SE. That's the one that still has a touch button on the front of it. Um, oh. the, the, the iPhone 12 mini is five ninety nine, So it's a hundred dollars more than the four ninety nine eleven. Oh, okay. But the SE was only three ninety nine, So it is the cheapest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now wait a minute. SE, does that, the, is that the same as they call the mini? That's different. That's different. The SE is a throwback to the old type of iPhone with a button on the bottom. And they didn't update that. No, it has the well. It has the same processor in it as an iPhone 11. Yeah, it's an A13 yeah. processor. It's actually I, the SE. This the second version of the SE. The first SE is no longer sold. 
but um, it's uh, you know I, I a while back recommended that to somebody because it was inexpensive and it ran the same software and everything exactly the same as an iPhone 11. Um, I know that the one comment the person got was afterwards was screen's really small, you know, but depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, and that one still has the big chin and, and forehead because it's got the button on the front. You know, you get rid of the button and go to the full screen looking front, like on all the modern phones. And, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I'd like to end on a, a little different, uh, technology, uh, not related to the recent announcements, just to, just to kind of throw it out there because, uh, there was this comment we talked about last time, I think, about Tim Cook sticking around till he got some new int- technology introduced. And uh, that has to do with their, potentially, the something called an Apple Auto or a van or whatever they're going to mm-hmm. use it for. Uh, I, I found an article, basically, that uh, Ford has been working with a, with a software company called Argo, and they've been testing their fourth-generation vehicles in Pittsburgh, Detroit, California, and so forth. And they're planning and, and announced a launch of an autonomous microtransit and delivery service with Volkswagen. So it's it's a, a, a technology is going to come out, fifth-generation autonomous technology starting in 2025. So uh, just that that's important because it's, it's got a date on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot have been out there doing it. Like uh, in the same article, it mentions Cruise as a company that's developing this, and they're working yeah. with. They're backed by General Motors. They have a, pi- a private, pi- excuse me, a pilot project with Walmart in Arizona. Right now, Wal- Walmart in this article is also uh, looking to do the same thing with Argo. In other words, Walmart wants to stay independent of this delivery business, mm-hmm. but they want to. They've got their foot in in more than one camp at this point. Yeah, which makes sense, right? I mean, from their perspective, they're not developing the technology. It's a service they're going to pay for. So let's just back both both camps until we see who who wins. Yeah, and and it says that uh, basically in 2018, they announced a grocery delivery pilot uh, with Walmart and and Instacart. This is Ford. uh, Right. And 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 their Argo. yeah, Argo software. So they've had that association going on for some time with with them. Uh, so uh, if this thing comes out uh, uh, and in Germany, and uh, uh, I, I think it's, yeah, it said Ford and Argo are also. So he they've been they've been involved with that uh, delivery service, uh, which also involves VW. I don't know whether that's includes Ford there or they're just talking about Argo. I think that's just Argo is working with two companies too. So there's a lot of different alliances here. Uh, Waymo and Neuro and Yoldel and mm. other names, Lyft, all these guys that are hauling people around autonomous are talking about autonomous uh, vehicles at some point. Right. But that's also the, the, the area that Apple has uh, uh, presumably interested in as well. So I think uh, next uh, couple of years, you know, we're, well, one, it's going to be interesting. You know, years. Apple's, the guy who was heading up Apple's uh, autonomous car uh, 
Project Titan, I think is what they call it, that he just left for right. Ford. So he's now That's working right. at Ford. So, you know, a lot of different people coming at this from different technologies and different industries, all working on the same kind of problem, trying to figure out how to get something rolling down the road safely that doesn't involve a human being uh, controlling it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the real question that needs to be answered here is, uh, what does Apple bring, bring to the game that some of these other companies don't have by themselves? And clearly, it's what we mentioned earlier was this electronic stuff and being able to do a lot uh, and yeah. doing it cheaply and doing it, you know, uh, in, in ways that nobody else can challenge them with on. Right. And so, uh, but other teams bring some other things to the table, I suspect, you know, like, how, how do you design these vehicles these days? You know, because they're all going to, for autonomous vehicles, they're, they're starting from scratch. Clean, clean board designs. Mostly, right. I think. I think there's a mix. I think, again, different companies are approaching it differently, but you're right. There's, it's, you know, structuring the cockpit for, for uh, people and or um, uh, packages is going to be different based on electric drive trains and need for uh driver involvement right yeah. so uh one of, one of the other things that occurred to me is that disney uh has those little uh, cars that float around through disneyland and disney world that you can ride passengers ride on uh i'm thinking that somewhere inside of a company like that they're thinking about integrating uh their transporter uh, with malls or groups of stores that aren't necessarily malls, but a different kind yeah. of mall as well. So that they're, in addition to the road vehicles, I think that there's still a chance that you'll have those kind of little... Uh, yeah, well, they talked about it for years with their people movers, right? That you could... Yeah. Uh, that they wanted that in those kind of places. And I don't know if they ever did it anywhere other than Disney, but it was really weird because if you think about it, their people mover was literally a ride that showed you how to queue up sit down in a chair that moves and then drops you back off where you started. It really had yeah. no, it didn't, I mean, it was, there, there wasn't any thrills. There wasn't any show. There wasn't anything. It was just a, a technology demonstration. And yet they never really used it within the park. You know, you, I mean, you, you know, I, I thought about this with the malls as they currently exist, uh, dying, they have really, you know, especially after this pandemic, I'm thinking that somebody somewhere is going to announce a new mall that, use, that has a people mover in it. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. You know? you know, I mean, I always thought, too, that, like, the um, uh, places like Disneyland and Six Flags and, you know, what they should have is use that people mover technology so that you can get on the little people mover and it delivers you just in time to get on the ride. You shouldn't have to wait in lines anywhere. You're sitting That's in right. your little people mover. And when you when it dumps you off at the place, that... You know, and, and it, from the people mover, you can say, hey, I want my destination to be here. Oh, no, you know what? I want to get something to eat. Drop me over by the restrooms. And it should take you to that spot, drop you off, and then you get back on another one and go to where you want. But it, it should they should do, completely do away with the lines. It should it should be completely automated. You know, yeah. why aren't they using it to move people instead of just showing us how it could work? That always drove right. me crazy about Disneyland. Yeah, now, I think the people, people movers are gone now. Yeah. Oh, you think they are the ones they had out there? Yeah, that whole area that, in, at least at Disneyland on this coast, is um, is now Star Wars land, and I think somebody at Disney finally looked at that and said, 
You know, people riding around in a little cart and then coming back and getting off that little cart is really not thrilling people the way it used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, with me having difficulty walking a lot around, it, it appeals to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think it appeals to anybody who's been to Disneyland and stood in line for two hours to get on a ride. It's like, you know, at yeah. least sit me down in a chair and let me be comfortable and, and move me You're around right. and, and look at the place, you know. I mean, I could just be sightseeing, riding around in this little thing, and then, hey, it's going to time to go get in line, you know. I'm sure, or I'm or sure not, not in line. Are, time to dump you off so you can go into your ride. Yeah, I'm sure these things are electric-powered, and they probably, because of safety reasons, want to have their own space for movement. You know, they, they were, in this case, above the ground. Yeah, they were so elevated, they so... The, pedestrians yeah. wouldn't get run over by the people mover but that right. technology is getting better and and you can fence off the people mover from the pedestrians i'm saying for the most part pedestrians should be coming from the store and to the people mover and back into the into the store or the ride or the there should be no pedestrians out in the middle that should all be people movers right yeah so uh there was a lot of benefit to that and it occurred to me the other day when i was thinking about these cars moving around cities now people movers aren't quite the kinds of things that you might want to take outside, and especially if you have a group of people traveling together. You, you mm -hmm. know, those are pretty much built for couples. But, but I think they fit four. A, I think they were designed for a family of four. Maybe it was. But anyway, I still thought they were a pretty cool thing and would work in environments like what we've called shopping malls if, if they were built in as part of the mm -hmm. you know, startup. Yeah, design it from the ground up to be an automated entertainment experience. Right, yeah. It, and uh, so that's kind of where I wanted to close and kind of get some perspective mm -hmm. on where uh, Apple cars might be headed uh, so that uh, you always want to look at the competition. Yeah. Uh, this, if it says here 2025, I think Apple, given their normal way of business, they would target maybe 26 or 27, given this number. You know, mm -hmm. they never want to be the first out there. That's 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 not Apple, right? Uh, be, because there's a there's a real cost for those people who take experiments because there's going to be some problems initially, oh, yeah. and uh, they let other people yeah. pave, pave the way for them. You know. There's a healthy amount of risk aversion in Apple, and and so yes. they they make calculated decisions. But their part of that calculation is how much risk is involved, and you know how solid is this technology, you know? Because yeah. also they have to think about it, you know, especially with things like the iPhone. They want to put something in an iPhone. It's not like they're building a hundred thousand. They're building multiple millions of these things, and so that's got to be pretty solid. The manufacturing and the and the Everything. repairability yep. and. and is is important so yeah. hey um i just as a quick note too for those who care and i shared a link to you um on the apple page there's a compare iphone models page and at the top you can pick three different iphones from the current announced uh version 3 or 13 rather all the way back to the iphone 6 and the original iphone se which had the six guts in it and um and you can compare them and then you scroll down, and it literally will show you the, the prices, the colors that are available, uh, huh. the size of the screens, which radios they had in them, what kind of cameras they had, processors, cores, neural engines, all of that stuff. And so it's a really handy way to just do a real quick side-by-side -side comparison of 
iPhone A versus B. Down at the bottom is size and weight. And so the current iPhone mini and the iPhone, uh, the, um, iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 mini are both about, um, uh, what is it, uh, three-tenths of an inch shorter than the old original iPhone 8, okay, which is what the size the SE is. And, yeah. uh, and they're about a tenth of an inch narrower and so and about the same depth. And they weigh less than five ounces both, and the iPhone SE weighs 5.2 ounces. And so um, so the smallest phone you can get is the Mini, if you're looking yeah. for the smallest. Yep, iPhone so. 12 Mini, right? iPhone, well, cool. iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 Mini. But the 13 oh. starts at 699 for the Mini. The iPhone 12 Mini is at 599 the SE, which goes back to the old button, is three ninety nine. But in between the SE and the twelve is still the eleven. Now they don't have a mini version of it, so it's a bigger phone. But it's four ninety nine. Has Face ID. Has the bigger touch screen. Um, so again, yeah. depends on Thank what you, you. This, what you think is, is important. Yeah, this this is a good uh, good comparison. Yeah, yeah. I think so. the one I sent you. What's nice about it too is you can pick the three that you want to compare, and then if you copy the link out of the URL out of your browser and send it to somebody, it has it'll have the um, the ones you selected to compare in it. So you can then say, "Hey, look at these." So, like I sent you the iPhone 12 Mini, the iPhone 11, and the iPhone SE because those are the three cheapest phones. So they're three ninety nine, four ninety nine, and five ninety nine, and they all give you different things. Right in terms of processors, come, I, cameras, size, etc. Yeah. How come what? Huh. Mine's only two uh, two wide. I have the uh, iPhone 11 and i12 Mini. Where are the other ones? Uh, widen your screen a little bit. I can I can, I have. I've turned it sideways, so I've got huh. full width, and I can't. Oh, I, I'm I'm doing it on a Mac where I can just drag the window and make it wider. So I got three. Oh. Okay, well, so on, three's on the max iPad. that it can do. You only got two, so well, you can still do a side by side comparison. That's interesting yeah. to see that the phone that you're doing it what on an iPad or on the phone? iPad. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, it's a nice comparison though the way they did the uh, uh, graphics and everything here. It is, yeah, because you can literally just scroll down the page and compare feature for feature. What does it do? What does it not do? How does it work? What hardware does it have in it? Um, you know, and then make decisions. I mean, it's it's just a nice it's a nice summary of one device, much less the ability to compare um, them. You know, side right. by side. So, oh. all righty. Well, thanks for well, joining thanks. us today on Generation Tech. We're an hour and forty six minutes, so we went a little long, but we came a little late this week. So, I guess all's fair, right? All's fair in love and tech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, enjoyed talking to you about the the new stuff and. Yeah. Where we think we're heading. And we'll be back next week on Monday, regular time. So um, thanks for joining us. If you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to give us a good good five-star rating on your podcast app. And if you didn't enjoy, then uh, don't listen, don't rate us, don't do anything. Just go away. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) Or better yet, come back. It'll get better. So have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.